The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, welcome to the Big Blue View Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Chris Flum. Chris, how you doing today? Honestly, I'm a little bit sad. I'm a little bit sad, and uh, I'll tell everybody why. This is Dan's last show. He is leaving us. This is his swan song. (laughs) Yeah, swan song might be a little strong, uh, but yes, this is going to be my last official recording of the Big Blue View podcast. If some of you might have seen on Twitter, I have... Uh, started to write for Warren Sharp's Sharp Football Analysis. That's where I am going to be this season. I, I'm going to be editing there. I'm going to be writing there. So that is something that is going to take up pretty much all of my time. So I will be shifting over to that. You know, officially, I've been writing there. You might have seen me tweet a couple uh, stories that we've done there so far. But starting August 1st, that's that's what I'm going to be doing. So I will be ending my tenure at Big Blue View, both writing on the site and doing this podcast. So I just want to quickly uh, say thank you to everyone listening uh, who has been listening since the beginning. The first show was me and uh, Rivers McCowan talking about uh, the Houston Texans game in week three uh, because that was just kind of where the podcast was when we could get started. I think Chris wasn't available that week, so we didn't officially start this podcast until the second week we were doing it. So thank you for everyone who has been listening and has continued to listen uh, as we grew from that point and doing all our draft shows and talking draft nonstop and going with us through not an easy season to talk about last year. Uh, So thank you for everyone who has uh, continued to listen. The podcast is going to continue. Uh, Chris will probably have more information on that at a later date. I know that's being worked on. So there's going to be a a Chris show. Ed is still going to be doing his show. So uh, this will still continue in some form, just not uh, with me. So uh, seriously, thank you everyone for listening. I would also like to thank uh, Chris for doing this with me like twice a week, every week for the past what like six almost months, a year <laughs> yeah actually yeah close yeah longer than six months probably a little shorter than a year but yeah so that is news we are going to start at the top with and we are now going to continue with a regularly scheduled show where i think the only thing we can really talk about at this moment when it comes to the giants is what is going on at wide receiver your training camp has only been going on for a week and has the Giants 
situation at wide receiver changed drastically. The first day of training camp, Sterling Shepard broke his thumb. He has been out at practice, running routes, making one-handed catches. He is expected to be back by week one, but of course, he won't be at full strength until at least week one. We don't really know if that's going to happen. And then also later that day, Corey Coleman tore his ACL is going to be out for the entire season. And then we found out over the weekend, Golden Tate is going to be suspended or is at least facing a suspension for the first four games of the season for uh, violating the NFL's PED policy. That was from what Tate said, uh, just a fertility drug that, you know, is an unfortunate thing. But I think as we were, Chris, we talked about this over the weekend about just how rare it is for a case like this to be appealed and be successfully appealed. And we were talking about that before we even knew what Tate's situation was. And you brought up to me that Dwight Freeney had uh, something similar uh, where it was uh, a fertility drug and he appealed and the suspension was still upheld. So even though Tate uh, was reportedly confident he had a good case and a good reasoning, it doesn't seem like per the NFL's precedent on subject matters like this, that Tate's suspension is going to be reversed. So we are very likely to see him suspended for the first four games. Yeah, and the the NFL's stance on this is basically the players are responsible for what they put in their body and the NFL really can't get into case by case judgments establishing any kind of precedent because even if we do believe Golden Tate which we don't really have any reason not to believe him a lot of the compounds that are in the fertility drugs that trip the PED tests are also used as either masking agents or in post-cycle therapy for actual PEDs or steroids, basically to help people who use them get their hormones back in balance after being thrown way out of whack to supercharge their performance, muscle growth, or recovery. And there are, unfortunately some unscrupulous doctors out there who will just take a check to write a prescription. Wish that weren't the case, but the NFL can't really take a chance on somebody cheating like that, getting a fraudulent prescription and saying, well, yeah, it's for fertility. And then them saying, oh, well, okay, yeah, that's what the prescription says. So hopefully Tate will either have his suspension reduced or his appeal go his way. But I don't think the Giants can really plan on that happening. And then just with the injury situation, losing Corey Coleman for the year, the Giants were hoping he would kind of break out having a full offseason in their program and really actually be able to play up to that first-round pedigree. Sterling Shepard breaking his thumb trying to haul in a low pass that's just that's just kind of the Giants luck right there and then Darius Slayton dealing with a hamstring and just all the other things that have happened it's it's been a long four days of practice 
Yeah, the Giants have gotten like a season's worth of news in, in the span of the first week. And that's, I think, significantly going to shape what this offense starts to look like as we head into you know, the rest of training camp, into the preseason, into the regular season. Like we said, Shepard is expected to be healthy and he's targeting week one and the beginning of the regular season to be healthy and be able to be on the field. And it, I mean, Tate's probably going to miss the first four games. So the Giants are going to have to figure out how to reassemble what they have at wide receiver. And when you look down what is left at the depth chart, can't be overly confident with what is there. So before I think we, we get into you know, the wide receivers and who is left, who they could possibly bring in. And the Giants did make two moves after a, a mass workout they had with wide receivers. They re-signed Amba Edetewo, who he was in training camp with them last year. I think spent most of the time on the on the practice squad uh, during the regular season. Played for the Birmingham Iron in the AAF. Uh, last year had now come back to the Giants, going to be in training camp again, and they signed TJ Jones, formerly of the Detroit Lions. But I think before we talk about the wide receivers, I think if the Giants are really going to try to figure out how to run this offense now, either without a 100% Sterling Shepard or however his, his situation is going to play out, and then without Golden Tate for potentially four weeks, I think as much as we're going to put the focus on the wide receivers and wide receiver depth and who can take their place, I think so much of that now turns into how important the usage of Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram are going to be. It's something we've harped about consistently throughout the start of this podcast, and it's only fitting this ends up being a topic we have on our last show together is the usage of Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, but especially in the passing game, I think how they use Barkley and use Ingram is going to be more important to the passing offense than who they figure out who is going to fit in where at wide receiver. Yeah, definitely. I think even before the injuries and possible suspensions and everything happened, basically a week ago, Ingram and Barkley were going to be the Giants' two most explosive players. I don't think they would was really going to be anyone who could compete with them in terms of just being able to make defenders miss, take a pass, and if they get a little bit of space, turn a short pass into a long gain. Sterling Shepard is a good, reliable receiver. He can pick up yards when he has the chance, but he doesn't have that just explosive athleticism to make a move and leave a defender in the dust like those two guys can. Golden Tate is good in screen games and he's good after the catch but again he just doesn't have that same explosiveness that Angram and Barkley do so they might have been able to get a guy with that kind of potential out of Darius Slayton but again he's he's a rookie and he's a late round rookie you don't want to put that kind of you know if our offense is going to be explosive you have to do it kid you don't want to put that on a rookie Right, and the importance of Barkley and Ingram is, is going to be evident, and I think that is what to watch for now going forward through the remainder of training camp. It's not going to be who stands out of this group at wide receiver. It's are they starting to 
you know, move Barkley around more, which, like we said, they they did the last training camp, and then once it got to the regular season, that all went away. So is Barkley going to be moved around a little more in the next few training camp practices? Are we going to see him lined up in the slot? Are we going to see him motion out to the outside? Are we going to see Evan Ingram in different alignments? Could he potentially line up in the backfield? Is he going to be in the slot more? Is he going to be on the outside more? So uh, this past week, and I was writing this before the injuries and the Tate suspension happened, I wrote a post about Evan Ingram, about how the Giants should kind of go back to school on Evan Ingram and really look at what he did in college and what made him successful in college, what made him a first round pick. And a lot of that was using his athletic ability to use him as a mismatch in the passing game. I had two plays that I highlighted. One was just a a seam pass right from the slot and he just dominated a smaller defensive back um, and that's exactly what you want to do and then I highlighted a wheel route he had uh, lined up as like a fullback H-back kind but uh, just slightly behind the offensive line and he ran a wheel route from the backfield and it was just wide open down the sideline and it was there was a bad throw on the play but it would have been a huge gain it was still a pretty decent gain on the place. So these are just things you could see Ingram do more. And it's something I think now we would have liked to see him use more. I think now that's something he has to be used more in that way going forward. And then I went back and looked at the 2018 season. Ingram was targeted on only two seam routes two last year and both of them were big successful plays one came earlier in the season against Tampa Bay he just uh, he got an opening against Levante David and had a huge uh, run after the catch and then one was later in the season against Indianapolis uh, where he was able to beat Darius Leonard down the field and had to adjust a little bit for an underthrown ball if it was thrown a little better it's probably a touchdown but still a big play that set the Giants up at the goal line but those were the only two seam routes he was targeted on last year and I know some people are going to say oh well the offensive line there was not enough time to I think you're seriously overestimating how much time it takes up to set up a seam route that can just go 10 yards down the field. That's all he has to be thrown. And then when I went and looked at Ingram's uh, usage and how often he was targeted 10 or more yards down the field, only 14% of his targets came 10 or more yards down the field. When you look at guys like, you know, the the Travis Kelseys and the Zach Ertz and the George Kittles, those guys are all around like 30% of their targets happen 10 or more yards down the field. So if you are going to use Evan Ingram correctly, and I think now you have to, you need to start using him more creatively in that way. Yeah, absolutely. That's like you said, that's something we have been harping on for months now. And really the Giants need to change their tendencies with both Barkley and Ingram because right now they're the guys for this offense. And that could be a tremendous advantage for the Giants if they allow it to be because NFL defenses just are not set up to deal with players like Barkley and Ingram, especially at those positions. The reason the tight end has become a nightmare mismatch of a position is because defenses in the middle are either set up to deal with the run and put seven or eight guys in the box, play downfield, play their run fits, and deal with blockers, which basically means big base packages 
big linebackers, strong, strong guys, or they play a light package to deal with wide receivers, which again, there's the whole other side of that conversation with the run game that we have talked about plenty, but with tight ends like Ertz and Kelsey and especially guys like Kittle and Ingram, they are way too fast for linebackers to really cover. I mean, you just said he ran right past Darius Leonard and he is basically one of the best off ball space linebackers in the NFL. And that was as a rookie. And then when you get defensive backs, like he did in college, guys like Engram and Kittle are also too big for defensive backs to really effectively cover. So you, that is just, I don't want to say it's free yardage, but it is a built-in mismatch that defenses don't really have a way to deal with. And then again with Barkley, he he is, you know, kind of the same kind of mismatch. He is too fast for linebackers. He is too big for defensive backs. And playing running back, and if the Giants would actually throw to him out of the slot, defenders aren't really going to be able to get their hands on him to disrupt the route and the timing. So he's pretty much always going to be getting a free release. And if the Giants would throw to him downfield in stride, he's going to have that many fewer defenders he have to make miss. He will already be up to speed, which, as we have seen, is damn fast. That right now is the way forward for the Giants, and they could be surprisingly successful running an offense through those two guys. The problem is they, at least their tendencies from last year, they had absolutely no desire to do so. Evan Ingram had the second lowest average depth of target. Barkley was targeted behind the line of scrimmage basically all the time. The Giants have to rethink how they use those two players just completely from the ground up yeah that's exactly what to watch going forward and if the Giants are not starting to figure out how to use Barkley and Ingram better then you have to really wonder what they're thinking offensively and and whether this offense is going to progress throughout the season because those those are your two key guys now regardless of of how healthy Sterling Shepard is going to be or what might happen with Golden Tate's suspension and even if anyone else in this wide receiver group steps up uh, these these are going to be your two guys and if they're they're not used more creatively or more effectively then then you really have to start to wonder what's going on and I think that's going to be the key for the next few training camp practices to to see if the offense is going to start to shift because it 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 basically has to um so let's take a quick break and then we are going to come back and talk about uh the group of wide receivers the giants have and and who might be added to that group going forward support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, so we are back. Um, so we're talking about Giants wide receivers, injuries, suspensions, everything has hit this group that was not a very deep group to begin with. So let's just run down quickly who is on the Giants roster. So outside of Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard, the Giants now have Alonzo Russell, Russell Shepard, Benny Fowler, Britton Golden, Cody Latimer. I gotta put them all in a group together. Those are basically the the veteran options who also are going to contribute on special teams. And they are all kind of like the same player. They all play the same role. There's nothing outstanding about their receiving ability. Their biggest contributions before this were to have come on special teams. And then you have the group of really the, the three rookies then in Darius Slayton, who was the fifth round pick, and then Reggie White Jr., undrafted free agent. You also have Alex Wesley, who is currently on the pup list to start training camp with an injury, uh, so he has not been on the field yet, but you have those three young players, and then right now you have Amba Editewo and TJ Jones, who they we mentioned they just signed in their workout after all the news broke of what was going to be happening with the Giants wide receiver group. So, of those guys, Chris, does anyone really stand out to you? Uh, not particularly. Yeah, you know, I'll say we both really liked Amba Etetewo last year, so it, it's good to see him back. TJ Jones is intriguing because he does ha- he does bring some special teams upside, which you know again that's not super exciting but they did lose Corey coleman who was a good kickoff returner and it would be it would help the offense out a lot if they could get those hidden yards back reggie white jr does have you know intriguing upside athletically but undrafted free agent out of monmouth uh darius slayton he's dealing with an injury and really even before all the injuries uh tate suspension I don't think the Giants' receiving core was really going to be scaring too many secondaries. My feeling is they they might sneak up on a defense that just didn't respect them at all and said, you know, you know what, we will give you the pass. We are not going to let Saquon Barkley beat us. They might have some good, good games if the defense does that, but they're not going to keep any defensive coordinator up at night. So that's just kind of where the Giants are. Also, you... Uh, forgot Damari Scott, who the Giants claimed off of waivers just before camp started. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so add him to the group of young players um, yeah. in that in that Slayton White Wesley role, where maybe maybe one or two are going to come out. I think we're, we'll likely see. I don't think we're going to make a roster projection right now, but Darius Slayton likely to make the roster as a fifth round pick, uh, and then possibly you know either White or Scott, and I would say probably White would be the most likely to like. Like you said, he's someone I do like. The traits are there even at this point in the offseason and you kind of look at what the Giants roster has like why not why not let Reggie White get some more reps and and see what he can do 
I don't see the downside in keeping him over someone like Alonzo Russell. You you know what Alonzo Russell, Russell Shepard, you know what those guys are. So so why not allow Reggie White to have some more run with the offense uh, in training camp and see if he can produce? Because really, you, you have nothing to lose at this point. But I'll, I'll go back to the, the two guys they did sign, because I think right now they might be their two best receivers outside of of Tate and Shepard. So I have uh, been very vocally a fan of Amba Editewo um, since uh, before he came out in the draft. When I was first doing drafts up for Big Blue View, I was doing some like draft videos. Uh, Amba Editewo was someone I, I highlighted as a late round guy I liked a lot. He's someone uh, Target Yards added liked a lot, uh, which if you've been listening to uh, these podcasts and our draft podcasts, especially uh, it's a metric I had that separates college wide receiver from their offense and Edetewo came out very well in that and uh, he signed with the Giants he's been on the practice squad he's he's bounced around a little bit played in the AAF last year uh, but I think he's someone who has he has good deep speed I think he can get open down the field I think he's a much better route runner than you know a deep threat uh, label would give him credit for. Um, and then uh, to go back to last year when we were going in training camp, he had a real good training camp last year for the most part. And we were all asked to, as a uh, Big Blue View staff, to make a bold prediction for the 2018 season. My bold prediction was that Amba Edetewo finished the season as the Giants' number three wide receiver. So that was a complete swing and a miss. He didn't even make the 53 coming out uh, of training camp. So that that was a huge swing and miss as a bold prediction, but you can see I am high on Amba Edetewo, so I think if he is able to stay healthy, which has also been a problem uh, in his career so far, if he's able to stay healthy and he can get on the field, I think he can, he can, he, I mean, he's not going to step in and be like a number one or number two, but as that guy, you can rotate as that third wide receiver. I think he can be there. Um, and then as we move to TJ Jones, that's kind of been his role so far throughout his career with the Lions. He is only 27 years old. He's been a productive wide receiver. He only got 26 targets last year, 15 games. He started three, but his DVOA per Football Outsiders was, uh, it didn't you know qualify for the full list of qualified wide receivers, but of what he had was going to be around like the, the 33rd wide receiver by DVOA, which is per play efficiency. So that's not terrible. In 2017, when he had 49 targets, he was, was 31st in DVOA. So he does have that ability. He is someone who can also get downfield. I think the problem is it's it's another another slot receiver, another guy who works his best out of the slot. In 2017, 22 of his 49 targets came from the slot per Sports Info Solutions, and 14 of his 26 targets last year came from the slot. So he's someone who has done his best work there. If he's going to be playing without Tate and Shepard, then yeah, that works. You can put someone in there. But then if he's your number three once uh, Tate and Shepard come back, now you're rotating three guys who do their best work from the slot so that's another potential problem you could have uh, come maybe week five uh, but that's getting a little ahead of ourselves but that's just kind of projecting the type of player tj jones is i think he has you know some ability he has shown that he's been a productive receiver so far he's been more of that number three option but i think those are those are two decent additions i think especially when you look at the rest of the giants receiving core and when nothing else really pops off the page so why not give those guys the shot? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've pretty much seen 
what the rest of their veterans looked like, and it was not really exciting. Cody Latimer can win 50-50 balls downfield, but the idea should be that your receivers are creating enough separation that they don't have to be winning 50-50 balls. Benny Fowler is kind of the same guy. Um, Russell Shepard and Alonzo Russell, we've, we've seen them. They've got some size and athletic ability, but they're not really... They're guys. So if you're in this position, why not just take the chance? See, see what you have in the young players. See what you've got in the guys you just brought on. Maybe you can fit the pieces together in a way that works. And maybe you find a diamond in the rough. You know, maybe Reggie White Jr. turns out to be that UDFA gem teams seem to find every so often. Yeah, you know, He's got size. He's got athleticism. Maybe he has the ability to put that to use and be the X receiver that the Giants just don't have on their roster right now. Or at least they don't have that we can readily see. You know, maybe Darius Slayton can put that downfield speed to use and force defenses to take a take a defender out of the tackle box and maybe lighten the load on Saquon Barkley just a little bit. Because I think we know the Giants are not going to stop running Barkley into heavy boxes. Yeah, it's at the point where you just say, you know, why not? I'd say give give guys like like Reggie White the shot. Give Darius Slayton a little more. I know he's been dealing with a bit of a hamstring injury. So you don't want to push him now because you feel like you have to with the wide receiver situation. So you definitely want to keep him in a controlled environment. You don't want to push a hamstring too much early in training camp because that's something that could easily linger into the season. But I'm definitely... Uh, a fan of of giving those guys a shot, giving someone like Edatewo a shot, because well, like we said, you know what Alonzo Russell, Russell Shepard, Benny Fowler, you, you know what those guys are. You can keep maybe one or or two of them at this point, maybe one, maybe two. Who knows? And, and they're still going to have their role as a receiver and and contribute on special teams. But if you're looking for something, I mean, this offense is probably going to start slow. So. Having all these different combinations in training camp, you, you you should just see what works. And maybe something does, and, and maybe it doesn't. But it, trying to figure out what works uh, is not going to make your offense any worse uh, than what it could potentially be right now. So we're going to end with some potential uh, free agents. And I know they, they did have a bit of a workout, and they, they did sign the two guys, but... Uh, there's still kind of a group of veteran free agents out there. Uh, I'm just going to run through uh, the list. And again, we're, we'll just see if anyone stands out. So right now, we have guys like uh, Cameron Meredith, who was just recently released uh, by the Saints. Uh, Chris, you just did uh, an article wondering if the Giants should look at him. Then it's names like Pierre Garçon, uh, Michael Crabtree, Terrence Williams, Mike Wallace, Rod Streeter. And then, you know, there's the, the Kelvin Benjamin question. It was widely reported the Giants were going to re- out to him and invite him into that wide receiver workout. Uh, apparently that that did not happen. He was not one of the receivers who worked out. Obviously, Benjamin is a uh, former first-round pick of Dave Gettleman. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, also not a very good wide receiver. He's one of the worst separators in the league. 
uh, when you look at next-gen stats and wide receivers who have qualified for their full season as stats over the past three years, um, I think Kelvin Benjamin has three of the, I think, six lowest average separation numbers uh, of those three seasons. So uh, not great, not the kind of receiver you want to put on an offense that should be creating space, especially um, in the short and intermediate ranges of the field. Kelvin Benjamin just doesn't have that the separation ability. Um, so I really don't think he should be an option. And then you have that, that other group of potential wide receivers, but probably come with some some character concerns, I think we could say, and that's a group of like Des Bryant, uh, Martavis Bryant, if he gets reinstated, and then uh, Leonte Carew, uh, who was released by Miami. Uh, he's a guy who never really caught on with the Dolphins. He had some you know, deep potential when he was drafted and just never really caught on. I think there were some work ethic issues. There were some injury issues. So I think that's a group of like three guys the Giants are probably going to stay away from if they believe culture um, is as important as they have said. So uh, of that group, does anyone even stay? out to you there because I don't think anyone does for me yeah no not really yeah I might take a look at somebody like DeAnthony Thomas even though he's he kind of straddles the line between wide receiver and running back uh maybe Theo Riddick because he's out there as you know maybe this is a bit of a uh extinct designation but as a slot back even though yes the Giants do have a ton of slot receivers at this point, they kind of have to cast their net wide and take any advantage they can get because we are well into uh, Mick Jagger territory with you can't always get what you want, but if you try, you might get what you need. So uh, him, maybe Carlos Henderson, it, you know, he's kind of the ultimate one-year wonder back in 2017 at uh, Louisiana Tech, but you know maybe he still has that ability. Sammy Coates is out there. Justin Hunter, you know, two guys with size and a ton of athleticism, but have just never put it together at the NFL level. It's not ideal. Yeah, it's not great. And I think probably the best path forward for the Giants right now is to keep the group they had. They brought in the two new guys. And now... Wait until cuts start to happen uh, in training camp, and, and maybe you can pick someone up off a roster that isn't going to make a team that you could find useful to add to this group. Uh, there there might be a couple, and that's probably going to be a better option than a, a group of, of veteran receivers. Like, like, what is Michael Crabtree going to add to the Giants? It's someone... Uh, not only just coming off an Achilles, but someone, uh, a veteran wide receiver, I like what, I don't, I'm not sure I understand the point. I know we kind of said earlier, like you can just say, you know, why not for some of these guys? But if you're looking for some of the older things, like a Michael Crabtree or or especially a Kelvin Benjamin, it's like, what's the point? Are are they really going to add so much that bringing in a veteran guy and and blocking someone like a a Slayton or a Reggie White is going to, is going to make that much of a difference. I'm, I'm not sure it is. So I, I don't see them going into the free agent market again. I see them probably sticking with what they have. And as underwhelming as a group, as we've said it is, um, hopefully you can maybe see if, if someone is able to step up and if it's able to get going. And you do that on top of potentially a better usage of Saquon Barkley in the passing game, better uses of Evan Ingram, then I think you could still work around and have a passable offense. Um, but it's just it's just accepting what you have what is going to work best for you and then 
figuring out how to make that happen. And I think that is especially going to be what we should be looking for as the next couple of practices happen for Giants during training camp. Yeah, I would even project that forward is that that's the main thing we should be watching through week three of the preseason. You know, when teams start to play their starters for most of the game, they start to game plan as if it was an actual game that matters. That's, I think, will be when we get our clearest idea of just what the Giants might be thinking, how they might be looking at fitting all of these pieces together. And, you know, really whether or not this will be an Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley offense with the receiving core moving to a secondary position, almost like receiving running backs and tight ends were honestly were for them last year. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be how this offense it stays somewhat successful or it's it's at least its best path toward success this season so we will see if that is the path they choose to take while everything else uh, plays out so we are going to end this episode here thank you guys for listening you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast uh please rate and review if you have not uh, that helps this podcast out greatly and it's going to continue to help as training camp is going and the regular season comes and and more episodes are going to be coming out uh, on this feed and we have ed on site he will be uh, coming out with with a bunch of podcasts from there you can find big blue view at BigBlueView.com. You can find BigBlueView at Twitter at BigBlueView. You can find BigBlueView on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore View. You can follow me on Twitter at DanPizzuta. You can follow Chris on Twitter at RaptorMKII. Thank you guys for listening. I will not be talking to you again soon, <laughs> but Chris will and the rest of this podcast will. Uh, so seriously, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to me. You can continue listening to this podcast as it continues to grow strong uh, throughout this season. So thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. I appreciate you.